Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. We had an awesome weekend last weekend, and I want to talk to you. You know, in in Corinthians, Paul is speaking to the body of believers there, and they had all kinds of spiritual gifts flowing, but they were very carnal. Probably the most carnal church on record in the Bible. Gross immorality. Uh, That's what carnality is. You just let your flesh rule you. You say, how can they have all these spiritual gifts operating and be so carnal? Because a gift is given to you. It's not based on your performance. It's just given to you. It's not a, 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 a stamp of your maturity. So someone can have a lot of gifts operating in their life, but be very carnal. Right? The, the mark of our character is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's not an exhaustive list, but that's the list of nine given to us in Galatians 5, 22, I think. Hallelujah. Why am I bringing this up? Stay with me. We're learning. There's a shift that has taken place. The first seven years, the first phase of what God's begun here has come to us to, to a, a, a completion, and we're moving into phase two. I want you to come with me. But there are many believers who are looking for signs and looking to use their spiritual gifts, but they haven't allowed the character of God. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control to grow in them. How does it grow? Daily, by daily abiding in Him. By choosing to love when I don't feel like loving. Choosing to be kind when I feel like being mean. Choosing to wave and smile when I feel like flipping the bird. Do you guys know that expression? I don't know. I'm not going to show you what it is, but you'll just have to ask somebody. Hallelujah. Listen to me, God. More importantly, see, I'm not impressed by miracles or signs and wonders. Because that's, that's God. That's what He does. I've been with Him for th- over three decades. But what I look for in, in brothers and sisters in him and people who are going to move forward in him, I look for that, that developed character that has come by daily submitting to him. That's what I'm looking for. And it's been interesting over the years, people will come into a, a body of believers and they'll start telling me about their gifts and how they want to be used. That's a sign right there that their character has not been developed. Because when your character's developed, you're, you don't go in announcing your gifts. You're not concerned. You know God's going to 
bring it about because you've been, you've been in the fire of his presence. Not trying to, to be someone that others admire, but submitting to him and admiring him and worshiping him and losing yourself in him. I hope you're hearing this. I hope you came awake. I hope you, uh, if you're not awake, go ahead. I'm serious. Pinch yourself a few dozen times. Do something. You know, a little aftershave or something. Hallelujah. So last week was, last weekend was very important for all of us and for me. And I want to talk to you in 1 Corinthians, I, well, this is where I was going. He, Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And it's not an exhaustive list again, but, you know, he, gives, he lists several gifts there, and he talks about the gift of, of tongues and interpretation and um, healing and administration and all kinds of different gifts. But in particular, I want you to understand this. God has a master plan. And he's given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we had an apostle in the house last week, Paul Brady. And again, that's not a, a, an exalted word. It's not some kind of uh, thing that we, he doesn't call himself that. We don't call him that. I'm talking about a, 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 a position that God has given him, a function and a gift, okay? The purpose of these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to equip us, to strengthen us, to go forward in Christ. All right? And, and so many of them understand, when Paul is speaking about an interpreter in Corinthians, when he's talking about someone uh, who, who gives a word in tongues, there should be an interpretation. If you study that word interpreter, it means one who explains. Yeah. One, of the, one of the roles of a pastor is to explain what God's doing in the service. We have to take time to do that. Spiritual things are new at some point to all of us. So we're used to coming into a church. We, you know, dip our hand in the thing at the door or do our little thing before we sit down. And we sit there and we we kneel and we stand and then we go. That's not what this is. This is a living relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it requires explanation, it requires teaching, it requires instruction in the Word of God. And that's what we're going to do, because we want to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. But we need the character of God in our daily lives, so that when the gifts are in operation, they are truly edifying and not confusing. All right? So... I'm going to explain a little bit about last weekend because there's a whole lot more coming, okay? And Paul Brady and Karen Brady are people of character who've walked faithfully with God, who've been through a lot of things, and their character has been proven and demonstrated over a long period of time. When I buy something, I want to purchase something that's proven quality. So I'll read about the reviews of it. How many other people have used this product and how have they found it to to operate in real life? Because it might have a great ad campaign. Really, you know, clever actors and a cool logo and and, and great little promo video. But then I start reading the reviews. I'm like, oh, whoa. And it's, it's fake. 
I've ordered things online that came, it was made somewhere in some foreign country. It wasn't the actual brand that I thought I was getting. Do you know there are fake brands out there? So I look into it, I try, and sometimes it's tough because they've, got, they've gotten really good at faking it. I was just looking yesterday at something, and they had this, this top brand name on it, and I started reading the reviews, and they said, this is not, this is not the actual brand, it's, it's a fake. I got it, and, and it's made somewhere in some other foreign country. It's, it does not have the true stamp of approval of this brand. I said, thank you, I'm glad you posted that, because it looked like the real brand. Okay, there are a lot of things that look real. What am I talking about? I'm talking about stuff inside of you. The, the, the decisions you make when no one else is around. That's where the power of God is. The power to live strong for Him when no one else is looking. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. We're talking about love, aren't we? Love is the power to walk with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus. So last weekend, uh, we had two proven gifts of God in the house. And uh, I encourage you to watch those meetings or listen to the podcasts again. Much was spoken by the Spirit of God. You see, if you're not used to listening to the Spirit of God in your daily life when you come to a service... It's, it's going to take you a while to catch up. That's right. So we cultivate this conversation with God Amen. during our daily lives. Hallelujah. But Paul began talking about Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, all the way to Revelation twenty two seventeen, And he said, the work of God in the earth began and ends with the Holy Spirit. And so it is true in our lives. The Holy Spirit is probably the most ignored, misunderstood person of the Godhead in the body of Christ. We don't want that to be the case here. So we spend time talking to the Holy Spirit and learning about the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures and letting the Holy Spirit lead and guide us. We're not looking for thrills and wows. We're looking for God right? I've been touched by God for over 30 years. I've seen him do things in my body and in my mind and in my life you might not believe, but I know them because I'm walking with him. See, God speaks and then the Holy Spirit brings what God said into being. That's how it works. That's the model he set up in Genesis 1. And that's the model we see in the ministry of Jesus. He speaks and the Holy Spirit brings it into being. And so it is true in our lives. We cultivate this relationship with the Holy Spirit so that the work of God will be gloriously fulfilled in our lives. The Holy Spirit desires to minister life to you. You're qualified for all the life he brings because of the blood of Jesus. So it's not a question of you getting your act together. It's a question of you believing him and submitting to him and allowing him to form you. 
<laughs> we haven't gotten to the message yet. We're just warming up. I'm just in the bullpen. Hallelujah. So he began sharing about the Holy Spirit, sharing very things that the, and someone said to me after Friday night, these are the very things you've been sharing. That's how the Holy Spirit works. There are things he wants to deposit in us, and they'll come, you'll hear them from multiple sources. But Saturday evening, he began to pray for Jennifer and I, and I knew I, I, knew I was in for it. From the moment he stepped up here, I felt the presence of the Spirit moving inside of me, and I had a choice to make. Am I going to yield to what the Holy Spirit's doing, or am I going to try and keep my composure? <laughs> and he began to pray for Jennifer and I, and it was all that I could do to stand up. I was trying. Now, sometimes people just become creatures of habit, and they, you know, they, they see someone pray for, and that person falls down, and so they get up and say, I'm going to fall down, you know. I'm not interested in trying to manufacture anything. I'm not interested in trying to look like anything or play any kind of games. I want God. So you have a choice when someone prays for you as to how much you'll submit to the Spirit of God as they're praying. Hallelujah. It's your choice. And, and God will never force you to do anything. Never. Never, ever, 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 ever. Saul fell to the ground when God appeared to him in the book of Acts, who became the Apostle Paul. But God didn't knock him to the ground. God appeared to him. Saul was overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord. So I was kind of halfway. I'm going I'm I'm to keep my composure here. I'm, I'm going to, as I was being prayed for, I said, I'll forget it. And I just laid down. I said, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit work on me. And, and I laid there I don't know how long. It was a while, yeah, probably most of the, most of the service. And it was wonderful. And I want to explain to you, because it's coming your way. <laughs> We're going to have some wonderful times in this next phase. But I want to encourage you to submit to the Spirit of God when you're prayed for. Now, that doesn't mean, there are times powerful things happen, and I didn't lay down. Someone prayed for me. Powerful things took place in me, and, and I, I just stood there like that. You know? See, we stop looking for outward appearances. We don't look for signs. We believe, and the signs come. Signs follow us. We don't follow signs. Right? These signs will follow those who believe. So don't look for outward manifestations. Believe God and let Him work what He wants to work in your life. So what was happening when I was laying on the floor for most of the service? Well, I, 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 I think the best way to explain it would be downloads. Have you ever put a, a thumb drive into a, a USB port and watched the status bar of the download? Well, if there could have been a status bar up here, <laughs> there were downloads taking place in me that whole time. The Holy Spirit was downloading things in me, 
and equipping me for this next phase. And I'm still feeling it. It was a preparation, a quickening, a preparing, a lifting into a new phase. Now, you understand that when there is more than one person in the room, it requires communication. We're the family of God. So when we gather, there requires explanation and communication of what's going on because we're all in different places. So you've got to be patient with the person next to you. Because we're growing. Yes, we are. And so there's some things. Uh, this weekend was not new to me. I mean, I, I've been in wonderful services where, where the, we didn't stop playing worship till two or three hours into the service. We didn't stop music worship. You know what I'm talking about? And we didn't care when we finished. I still don't care. So you don't have to bring a watch with you. But this is a different way of living. I'm talking about abandonment to the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you this, it's coming back to the body of Christ. For decades, they, they, well, first of all, they, they put the Holy Spirit off as to an ancient experience. And then they began strategizing, how can we make church more, more user-friendly, more seeker-friendly? They said, well, we've got, we've got to shorten things. We've got to uh, have, you know, the, this has got to be 10 minutes. That needs to be a 15-minute segment, 20-minute segment, and then we go. And I'm not going to knock that, but I don't believe that's what God is doing here. And I'm going to go with him. Sorry. I've tried a lot of different models in life and study, studied a lot of different templates and organizations and uh, charts and so forth. But at this point in my life, the Holy Spirit is saying, will you just follow me? And I said, yes. So this is a place, the vision statement on our website for this body, for, for the Highway Church says this, we see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God. That's a frightening word to religious tradition. Experiencing. Yeah. We want you to experience God 24 7. Right. It's a simple little statement. We see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God. There's no such thing as a drive through marriage. No, well, there might be in Vegas, but that's not real anyway. <laughs> drive through wedding, maybe, yeah. Yeah, that is, thank you for the clarification. <laughs> On Valentine's Day, I don't know what my wife would say if I'm hopelessly romantic or just hopeless. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it's a different, big difference between a wedding and a marriage, isn't there? Yes. A wedding's a ceremony. It could be very brief. A marriage is, is oneness forever. We're in a marriage with God. That's right. We're fully devoted to him forever. His love for us is so limitless, it will take forever to unfold and to discover. 
So we're going to follow him in this next phase. And the rest of that statement says, we see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. Vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. If you consistently experience him, you will only move in one direction. Well, two, forward and up. (laughs) Higher and further. That's the direction he has for you. Forward, higher, forward, higher. So it's Valentine's Day. And the title of the message is The Love Boat. The love boat soon will be making another run. The love boat. How many people know that song? Come on. How many people have heard that song? Get the hands up. Come on. The love boat is the name of the message, but actually back in the 80s, when I was a kid watching it on Friday nights, I think it was, there's the love boat then Fantasy Island. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I don't really remember what the show was about. I just thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool to be on a cruise ship? But it was about this captain and his crew and the guests on this luxury cruise ship. That's all I remember. And I remember some of the actors who were on there. But it was a popular show, so I watched it as a kid with my, whoever was in the house. But I want to talk to you about a, a different kind of a love boat that I found in the Word with a different kind of a captain. You see, I want to talk to you about realizing how much God loves you. When you begin to realize how much He loves you, His love for you becomes your reason for living. And you become immersed and wrapped up and you soak yourself in his love for you. And it becomes something, a vessel, a boat that moves you forward into this abundant life that he's prepared for you. God's love for us changes everything. And we get funny sometimes when we come into quote-unquote church. We want to be sophisticated or we want to be, have our composure. Were you like that when, when you're uh, pursuing your spouse? Did you care what others thought of you when you were pursuing the one that you wanted to marry? No, you didn't. Why? Because you are focused on the one, you are focused on the one that you love. Right? Jennifer will talk about all the things I did when we were, back before we were married, and how I would jump in mud puddles and climb trees and do all kinds of things. I was, I was caught up 
determined that I would be with her for the rest of my life. And I really didn't care what others thought about that. And that's what this love boat that we're in, that's what this, this relationship that we're in does. You, for, you forget about what you look like because you're beholding him. The best marriages that I have seen in my lifetime were marriages where the husband and the wife were caught up in each other and didn't care what others thought about them. This is the relationship God wants to have with you. Where you're so caught up in his love for you, where you want him so passionately, composure is not something you're concerned about. How I look in a church service is not a concern of mine. I want all that God wants to deposit and give to me. <laughs> Let's go in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I mean, God's love is like nothing you've ever known. I'm not talking about religious tradition. I'm talking about the person of God. He is pure. There isn't a, a drop of toxic substance in him. Every ounce of him is pure life and love. There's no darkness with him. There's no confusion. There's no ulterior motives. There's no manipulation. He's pure life and love. And he wants to love you into the reality of him. <laughs> oh yeah, he wants to love you into the reality of who he is. And I'm telling you, the life he's prepared for you is, is far, far beyond what you've asked for or imagined. And love is the boat that will take you there. Hallelujah. Chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, verse 13. <laughs> If we are out of our mind, it's because we're in love. If we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it's for you. Let me read you a few translations of that. The Amplified says this, For if we are beside ourselves, mad, as some say, it is for God and concerns Him. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. The New Living Translation says, If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Now, I've loved walking with the Lord. And I'm just explaining, communicating. We're building this relationship. I left everything I knew when I started following him. I just said, God, I want you, and I don't care about anything else. And I literally had to walk away from my biological family 
and all the tradition that I grew up in because they, they were against giving them. They didn't understand what God was doing in my life. They didn't read the Bible. They didn't believe in, uh, understand what, who the Holy Spirit was and being born again. All the things that Jesus taught, they didn't do that. So I had to go forward. And as a result, and I, I literally knew nothing about church other than this religious tradition that I grew up in, but I knew there was nothing there for me. So I set out on this journey, kind of like, who's that guy in Lord of the Rings? Fru-Fru, what's his name? Frodo? Yeah. I don't know. I was looking for God. And it was a foreign land to me. But I was determined to experience Him. I didn't know. I couldn't, I could have, the only church I could have named was the one that I grew up in. Maybe one more who my cousin went to. Didn't know anything about denominations. Didn't know anything about doctrine. I just was talking to God, saying, God, I want you. And I'd take long walks and just talk to him. Because I knew he was the only one that could understand what was going on in here. And I was 17 at the time. And I did it all the way to my 18th birthday. Just didn't have a Bible. Just take long walks and talk to him. Did it all the way to my 19th birthday. Didn't have a Bible. Just take long walks and talk to him. Wish I would have had a Bible. Finally, right before my 20th birthday, after almost, I don't know, three years of taking these walks with God. And, and, and during that time, any time I had a decision, because I had plans for my life. And I was ready to take a huge step and go from one coast to the other. But I asked God what He wanted for my life. And I listened. I'm doing all this without any teaching, without any, any instruction. I'm just, I just want him. So there I am, maybe midnight on a, on a hill up on a golf course that was close to my house, and I'm standing over this hill looking over the little town I grew up in and looking up the stars and saying, God, should I go? What's your will for my life? Didn't know a scripture. Couldn't have quoted a scripture if my life depended on it. And he spoke spoke to me, but not audibly, in my heart, and I can explain it now, I couldn't explain it then, the Holy Spirit was, was touching me or bearing witness to me as much as he could, I wasn't born again, okay, but he was, he was communicating to me what to do. And I changed my direction. See, if you have your future calculated and figured out, it's not God's plan for you. Let me say that again. If the future that you have for your life has been plotted and calculated with your intellect, it's not God's plan for you. It might be a part of it. It might be a part of what he has. But what I'm saying is what God has for you is way beyond your natural intellect. I'm telling you. It does. It requires confidence in Him and following His Spirit no matter what. It re- there's, no, there's no other way. You have to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. You have to want Him more than you want to your own intellect to be affirmed. 
And that was my situation. I wanted him. And he began leading me. And wouldn't you know it, he led me to a place uh, and into a conversation right before my 20th birthday with someone who knew him. He was a musician. I was a musician. We were auditioning for something. And after the audition, he, he said, uh, or maybe I said, I, I think I said, how, how do you think you did? And he said, he said this to me. I'm just waiting to see what the Lord has for me. And when he said that, my heart went ding, 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 ding. And I said, that's what I'm doing. I didn't know the terminology, but that's what I was doing. I'm just waiting. And just, my, my heart's going, and, he, and, when I, and when I said, that's what I'm doing, he went, his eyes just got real bright. He said, really? I said, oh, yeah, I've been asking him to show me what he wants me to do. And then he started talking about the Bible, and I, I said, uh, well, if you get me one, I'll read it. And next day, knock on the door, there he was with the Bible. And I asked him, I said, what do I do with it? I didn't know, I, didn't, I, I had no idea what it, what it was, literally. I, I couldn't open to anything. He said, well, let's look. And he opened it before me and said, you've got an Old Testament, you've got a New Testament. And I, and I said, well, where do I start? And he said, why don't you go to the New Testament? And, and he, he flipped the pages for me. And he, I, think the, I think what Jesus said was in red. And he said, why don't you go to the book of John and just start reading? I said, okay. And I couldn't wait for him to leave because I was going to run back to my room and read. So he left, I grabbed the Bible, went back to my room, and I, I closed the door, and I sat at my desk, and I put this Bible on my desk, and I did what I had been doing since I was 17. And I said, God, is this you? Show yourself to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I opened the John, and I began reading, and I stepped into a whole new world. And inside of me, it was like this brilliant sunrise began. And things began to be illuminated inside of me, and bondages began to be broken off of me, and my life began to be transformed. I couldn't read it enough. Still like that today. Can't get enough of it. Why? Because it's, it's life. It's strength. It's the medicine. It's the cure. It's the remedy. And that's what happened. And that's what Paul's talking about here in Corinthians 5 when he says, if it seems we are crazy, if it seems crazy for a 17-year-old to be standing on top of a hill on a golf course at midnight talking to the sky, well, it was for God. If we're in our right minds, it's for you. The Passion Translation says this. If we are out of our minds in a blissful divine ecstasy. Yeah. That's a Valentine's scripture right there, baby. If we are out of our minds in a blissful divine ecstasy. Are you living in a blissful, divine ecstasy? That's what our relationship with him was meant to be. And I'm telling you, you won't experience that without praise. You say, well, I don't feel that way. Well, listen, 
Start praising him. Just start praising him and don't stop. I'm serious. Make praising him your, your, your way of living. When Paul said pray continually, he wasn't talking about being in a closet on your knees. He's talking about this right here. This blissful divine ecstasy. This relationship with God everywhere I go. I was just in Lowe's to get some de-icer a couple days ago, and I'm worshiping him. First time I went, they were sold out. Second time I went, many days later, they said they'd have some at such and such a day. Came in the front, I didn't see any. It was kind of cold, so I walked into the garden section, started outside, I said, where is this stuff? I just kept praising him. I'm in Lowe's worshiping God. Now, you would have looked at me and not known that. I wasn't laying on the ground or I wasn't <laughs> waving my hands. I'm pushing a buggy. What do you guys call these things? I call them buggies. Carts. Someone called it, who said wagon? Where is that from? Yeah, Jennifer was grocery shopping and someone asked if they could have her wagon. So I punched him. So I don't know. A wagon, a cart, a buggy, I don't know what you call it. But anyway, I'm just walking like this at Lowe's, but inside there's this blissful party going on. I'm worshiping God. Thank you, Father, for who you are. I bless you and I praise your name. And I give you life. Hi, how you doing? And God, you're so good. Oh, where did I find the de-icer? Over there. Okay, thank you. Lord, you're so good. Thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord God. Uh, how much is this per bag? Okay, I'll take okay, two, two. Thank you. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I don't think it's going to snow. Okay, thank you. God, you're amazing, and I bless your name. Thank you for who you are. You're so good. And, and going on my way to the checkout line. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you and magnify your name. Uh, oh, I can come in that line. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll go over there then. Thank, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No one knows what's going on inside of me. You understand what I'm saying? It's an internal party that never stops. You must cultivate this if you want to experience the ecstasy of knowing Jesus. No matter what you feel like, shift your focus onto who He is and begin to worship Him that who He is is living in you. Ah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I haven't even got to my love boat scripture yet. Verse 14, <laughs> the love boat soon will be making another run. <laughs> Woo! For Christ's love compels us. Verse 14, Woo! I like that word. It compels us. The word compel comes from two Latin words that means to drive together. <laughs> it drives us together. It moves us to, to go in the same direction. In fact, you study this word, it drives us to the place where there's no other option. <laughs> yes. 
If you think you have another option other than following God, you're not there yet. You haven't, you haven't entered into the ecstasy of knowing Him. See, this ecstasy is a place where God is your only option. He's your only option. Well, I can do this with my life. See, that's, that's what I, I, I think it back to my guidance counselor in junior high and high school. I mean, they're just trying to do their job, but they have no idea who you are. None. And they've, got, they've studied their books and, and their psychological profiles and personality profiles and talents, and you fill in your little circles on the test. They have no idea who you are. None. Zero. None. And I didn't know what to do because I filled in all the circles. They told me I'm this, 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 but it didn't ring with me. And the advice I was being given didn't ring with what's inside of me. And I was supposed to listen to these people because I was told they're authorities and they know what they're doing. But I knew in my heart it wasn't me. And I decided from this moment on, God would be my only option in life. This is a 17-year-old. God would be a... Now, I didn't know what I know now, but that was my heart. And I'm never going to look back. Have you come to that place where all other options are gone? And following Him is your only option. That's when the ecstasy begins. That's when this blissful... 24-hour celebration continually unfolds in your daily life. That's when Lowe's, that's when you're having a party in Lowe's when you're shopping for de-icer. It compels us. The Amplified says it controls and urges and impels us. God's Word translation says clearly Christ's love guides us. New Testament in modern speech says, for the love of Christ overmasters us. Oh, I like that. The love of Christ overmasters us. It becomes our all in all. It becomes our only option. It becomes the compelling force inside of us. It becomes the diesel engine in our boat. It becomes the fuel in our tank. It becomes the propane in our range. Uh, I think it's, some translations say it constrains or controls us. You haven't lived till you've been constrained and controlled and overmastered by the love of Christ. You haven't lived yet. You haven't lived yet until His love is your master. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we are convinced, there's a reason for this love, that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. That's right. Ah. Right. Here is the difference between one boat and the other. The boat where people are living for themselves is called the lost boat. That's right. The lost boat. It's a boat that's going nowhere 
but it's deceptive because there's these big screens of all kinds of beautiful places and the captain of that boat tells you all kinds of stories and things you want to hear but the reality is you're going deeper and deeper into bondage because you're living for yourself. It's the lost boat. You'll never get there in that boat. No longer living for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. This is the love boat. Everyone on this boat is living for Him. Everyone is, on this boat is living. They, he has become our captain. And on this boat, there doesn't need to be any fake screens and fake destinations and manipulation because this captain brings us into our salvation, brings us into our destiny. This captain brings us into perfect liberty. His name is Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus being your captain. Yes, sir. Sometimes I talk to him like that. I'll say, yes, sir. That's right. That's right. Yes, sir. Because I just love him. I respect him. Amen. He's someone I look up to and admire right. Right. And, and, and aspire to be like. So when he speaks, sometimes I'll say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are we doing, by the way? Awesome. Good? <laughs> So when I realized how much he loved me, and I started reading the book of John, I went from being lost to being loved. I went from a, a boat with manipulation and, and fake screens and fake destinations to real life. To a boat where the captain truly cared for me and was making decisions for my best, for my benefit, to take me where he created me to be. The message translation of verses 14 and 15 says this, Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and the last word. In everything we do. So when I learned that there was such a thing called churches, I, I, I wasn't interested. I just wanted to be with him. But I was following the Lord and he led me to a place. That it, was a, it, was a, it was a good place in northwest Ohio, up near Toledo, Ohio. And man, the people that I walked in, the people were, were doing things I never saw before. That I walked in and people were standing there like this. And they're singing, and they have this glow on their face. And they're waving their hands, and they're smiling. And to my natural, unrenewed mind, that was really weird to me. But in my heart, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Go, God, go, Jesus. But my flesh is like, weirdos, 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 weirdos. That was going on in me. Because I never saw that before. It made no sense to me, to my natural, unrenewed mind, why anyone in a church building would be doing this. We, we did this. 
and I stepped into it, the difference between this and And then people would start doing this. And running. Jumping up and down. Shouting. Singing. The band would start. Preachers start ministering. Gifts of the Spirit start flowing. And my mind saying, Weirdos, 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 weirdos. My heart's saying more, 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 more. I want you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. But see, I had a private relationship with the Holy Spirit. I gave him everything. So even though my unrenewed mind was kind of, what in the world is going on here? My heart was stepping right into it. I didn't have any teaching or explanation. I was just going by this and what I was reading. And you see, I read through the ministry of Jesus. I don't know how many times. I read through Acts. I saw in the scriptures what was going on in my heart, and I began to see it in that church. And I said, this is good. And so my walk with him, I'm not looking for a religious tradition to, to become a part of. I'm looking for a place that's alive, that understands where the leaders, the ministry gifts that God has called to raise up that work, where they understand the finished work of Christ. The abundance of his grace, the gift of his righteousness, the fullness of the gospel. If the leadership doesn't understand it, that's not a place for me. Now, I, I love, thank God for every church out there. Thank God for every, I'm just being transparent with you. I'm talking to you as a family. Thank God for every church out there that preaches the Bible and that teaches people to put their faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, and I rejoice for every one of them. I'm talking to you as a family because we're in this together as a dad about what goes on in here with me. There comes a point when you taste of the goodness of God that you will never go back. I can never go back to the things, the churches I was in. I can never go back. I've tasted too much. I've experienced too much of Him. I'm ruined. Do you understand what I mean when I say God wants to ruin you? Yes. <laughs> In the wonderful way. In other words, He wants you to taste of who He is so that you'll never want anything else again. And the Holy Spirit is the one who enables that. We're almost done. Hang in there. The first and last word in everything we do, our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. The love boat. That's where the title of the message came from. Sorry, it's just how my mind works. <laughs> He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. 
What kind of life is this? It's like nothing your guidance counselor ever knew. It's a resurrection life. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. Hallelujah. One more translation, then we'll end. The Passion Translation says, For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives. That's the lost boat, right? But lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. Father, we thank you for canceling our ticket to the lost boat and giving us an eternal place on your love boat. (laughs) We're so thankful, Jesus, that you're our captain, the captain of our salvation. And, sir, we thank you for the way that you lead us and the way that you love us and care for us. We let go And we let you be God. Holy Spirit, you are our God. We have come to the place in our lives where we have no other option. We're no longer running over there and over there and trying this and trying that. You are our option. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.